Welcome to The One, the podcast for dating from your most vibrant and authentic self. My name is Gina Catherine, and I am a confidence coach for love and sex. We know that we need to love ourselves, but nobody explains to us how to actually do this. This podcast has advice and practices on how to do just that. My mission is to help women deeply connect to their bodies, hearts, and minds. When we know, accept, and love ourselves, we draw in amazing partners and incredible experiences. I offer these words from the perspective of a usually straight, cisgendered, divorced, middle-aged white woman. It is my heartfelt hope, though, that there are nuggets for anyone to use in their sex, love, and relationships. In this podcast, I will invite you to let go of the piece of you that hopes for love but is skeptical and ask you to believe and take action in dating from a place of deep self-worth. The one exists and they are you. With that, let's dive deep into this week's episode of The One. People casually ask me all the time what advice I would give someone who's just getting back into the dating pool. What would I want them to know? And so I want to use this episode as sort of a sneak peek into some of the most useful things to discover about yourself when you go back to dating. And no, you won't need to know the minute that you're born. None of them is about your sun or your moon sign. The first one is to know your attachment style. There are so many experts saying really the same thing out there. They just use different language to describe these different attachment styles. Waves, islands, anchors, avoidant, secure, anxious, anxious, avoidant. The main theory is really that we form a relational blueprint very early on in childhood. And this blueprint dictates how we relate to others. And these styles show up in our dating lives over and over again. Knowing yours is going to help you view these knee-jerk reactions that you've been having as just habits and not an indicator that the relationship needs to be ditched or that there's something inherently wrong with you, that you're not right for relationships. Knowing your attachment style and the attachment style of your partner is so useful in understanding how you both operate. I studied attachment style from Stan Tatkin and Diane Poole Heller. Google them, take their free quizzes, consider reading one of their books. Understanding mine has taken the charge out of so many interactions in dating that without my knowing what my attachment style was, I would have really perceived these interactions as like lethal blows to a relationship. Knowing your own attachment style is like having subtitles for clarity of understanding. And just gentle reminder that finding out your attachment style is so useful, but not if you begin to attribute everything to that style. So just because your secure attachment style doesn't make you always right, and it doesn't mean that you'll never have anxious or avoidant tendencies with different people at different times. And it's the same with denying very real feelings because you know your style is anxious. Don't just write yourself off. Oh, I'm anxious avoidant. This makes sense. Does it? Present moment curiosity trumps all. Number two, have a practice of releasing old pain. If you're moving from one relationship to the next without ever having processed or released any feelings around that relationship, you're bringing what everyone calls baggage into each of your relationships. Using journaling, 
purging processes, shadow work, write letters that you don't ever send, use cathartic practices to help release old pain. Tapping is a really cool practice and super easy to learn from the internet. All of these are helpful in discharging old and stagnant feelings of disappointment or heartache or betrayal. And when you release this old pain, it helps you to not project and you really don't live in these past stories. You come to relationships light and fresh. It's like the springtime of your dating, no matter what your age. You're not doomed to carry around old pain with you. So learn how to release it. Number three, honor your no in dating so that you can fully enjoy and step into your yes. This is another way of saying cherish your boundaries. Always celebrate your no. No remorse, no apologies, no people pleasing. Figure out how to make that no as pleasurable as the yes. Be proud every time that you know that you're a no and that you, it's confusing, and that you honor that no. It creates so much self-trust. And when you have a lot of self-trust, you can really relax and have fun dating. I have an episode dedicated to boundaries of all kinds, so scroll back and download this one for more on this positive practice that really builds confidence and self-love. Number four is that I'm going to ask you to understand and accept the truth that we have all been fed lies by mainstream media and Western culture. We've been told many lies, but the top damaging ones for love are you must be young and fit and conventionally attractive to have a shot at big love. B.S. There is no correlation between physical attractiveness and success in relationships. So lie number two is the lie that individualism is some sort of esteemed character model. If you want to be in a relationship, you're going to need to drop your strong desire to be an individualist and learn how to operate as a couple. This is a whole process, but start by asking yourself, whenever you're in discourse or dialogue with somebody or having an argument with a romantic interest, ask yourself, how am I showing up here right now? Am I showing up as an individualist? Am I showing up as so independent? And how is that serving this love that I'm looking to grow? Lie number three is that the story ends and gets easy when the couple says, I love you. Happily ever after is one of the most damaging plot lines. (laughs) The curtain may fall on that line, but what happens from that line onward is where the true love story is. Society gives us messages that are not helpful in our desire for deep connection. Accept these messages as lies, shrug them off, and get to dating authentically. Number five is know how to communicate. Know how to explain what you're looking for at this time in your life. Know how to express your interest or your lack of interest in a kind and straightforward way. Know how to and when to share your past. Learn how to communicate about sex. No one likes to walk on eggshells. No one likes to be expected to read minds. When you are practiced in communication, in really true, good, effective communication for connection, you won't shy away from difficult conversations. And then love has this place to bloom. Honest communication is the thriving ecology of passion and tender relationships. Anything can grow there when you know how to share and ask and listen. So really grow this skill of communicating. Be a master communicator. Number six, be comfortable with emotion. 
Have a practice to feel your feelings and not think them. I say this all the time. It's because I find that so many of us equate a story for our feelings. We say that we feel jealous and then we analyze that jealousy in our thinking minds. Emotions are wonderful tools that help us understand, but not if we stuff them or we end up in this endless cycle of just thinking them. When we try to think and analyze our feelings, they get really big and confusing. When we know how to feel them, they're just information. So learn and regularly practice recognizing emotion, experiencing emotion, becoming the emotion, and witnessing the emotion. Know your emotions and how different ones feel in your body, and then you won't be bowled over by them. Your emotions are guides and flavors. They're not demons or drugs. Number seven, understand your own trauma and listen to your romantic interest trauma. Be very thoughtful in your love practices when you know the trauma. If you have a partner who got screamed at as a child, you'll need to talk about how important it is not to yell. Even if yelling in your family was just playful, this is about what goes on in the body of your partner. This is not about you and your understanding of screaming. It is about them and how screaming puts them in a place of pain and confusion. Shared trauma is the path to healed trauma, but only if the knowledge is used with the goal of healing, not as like ammunition to make your partner wrong. So don't say to them, oh, you're only getting so upset about this because your father was abusive. Trauma is stored in the body. As you and your partner get really close and more intimate and more sexual, this trauma is going to get released on a cellular level. Love, sexual connection, and safety allow this trauma to come up and out of the body. Understand that tears, panic attacks, any physical reactions are totally normal. The trauma shows itself as it leaves the body. Having shared stories and knowledge will give this leaving space to be positive and cathartic and not scary and confusing for the two of you. This is healing. Number eight, know your body and your sexual self intimately. Sharing your body is a sacred privilege, and you get to decide whether that privilege is shared with someone brand new or someone you've been dating a while, but really know your sexual self. This is so often overlooked because we hope that like, getting into a relationship means about getting great sex and pleasure given to us by somebody else, but the opposite is true. The more you educate yourself on pleasure, the more powerful and safe sex will feel for both of you. This sense of curiosity and adventure around sex starts with knowing yourself. But feeling this sexual pleasure together is so bonding and so nourishing and fun. Okay, the last one, number nine, is believe that you will have it. The dates, the connection, the chemistry, the big love. You must believe that you will have the love that you want. Practice having it, practice feeling it, and you will be the match for this love that you're looking for. And then look for evidence that dating is working. Dates that don't go well are evidence that you know what you don't want. You're not willing to settle for the same old, same old. People who fade off on dating apps are evidence that your energy is only available for people who are a hell yes to you. Everything must be evidence that your lover, your best friend, your ideal match is coming to you. When you feel yourself being critical of the dating process, use that as a cue to move back into your belief that your big love is on their way. Tell yourself, they're not here yet. 
I feel them coming. I can't wait. What is this going to look like? What will it sound like? What will that feel like, smell like, taste like? Use the vision to make it real. You can't stay in doubt and frustration and be a match for true and playful love. The power of belief is key, and it's why I put it here at the end, because if there's one thing that sticks with you from today's episode, it is that your belief is what will make it happen for you. Ride it, dance it, sing it, meditate in it, feel it. Tell yourself that the only way your big love affair that includes a human who gets your jokes, cares about the same social issues that you do, and has an amazing kissing game, the only way that that will not come is if you decide you don't want it anymore. If you have decided that you do want the big love that makes your heart bloom, Practice believing it like it's already yours. Even with these really key pieces of knowledge, there could be things that are offering up resistance that is stopping you from getting the big love. But if you're wanting to explore more and really step into this kind of romantic freedom, follow the link in the show notes to book a free call with me. My Conscious Dating Program has worked to transform the love lives of so many people who are now in relationships that we worked out in their hearts and minds first, and now they have them. None of these pieces needs to be completely figured out before you date. There's no get healed and then find love, like a you must be this tall to ride this ride. Personal growth is just that. It's growth, and you can do it with other people. Heartfelt thank you for listening. I am honored every time you choose the one. Loving yourself does not require perfection. Big, juicy love requires us to get curious, to offer ourselves what we are searching for in others, and know that from this place of love and power, we magnetize amazing connections. Please do all the actions to keep the one podcast rolling. Share with others who may need to hear this episode. Like, download, sleep with me under your pillow. Click on the link in the show notes to subscribe to my monthly newsletter. And then listen every Monday and Thursday to get ever closer to the love that you so deeply deserve. You can also follow me on Instagram where I have tons of fun content to inspire you to be the one. You are loved by me.